2: Learn more at marines.com. Okay, let's go. LaFondra looking to get close side of Fond.
0: away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the Elm Park Royals preview podcast with me, Jacob Southgarn. In case you missed it, I've um, forcibly taken over from Matthew Williamson via military coup um, on the preview podcast midweek. Uh, thank you for joining us. And We're going to talk a bit of Blackburn, a bit of the week's news, and I'm delighted to be joined in podcast land by uh, Reading FC reporting veteran Jonathan Lowe. Good morning, Jonathan. Hang on, I'm not quite a veteran, am I? But good morning anyway. <laughs> well, you've been at it a while, haven't you? You've been round the block. I know, but I mean, why why did you become a
2: veteran? I'm not sure whether... Well, uh, early was, thirties is veteran. Oh well,
0: no, I well, wasn't maybe, having maybe a dig at your age, you know. You've got you've I've got more grey hairs than you, I think, and I'm younger. So right. um no, I was just saying it's, it's funny, isn't it? There's like this weird invisible cutoff point between being a veteran and not a veteran. And you know, we'll listen, we'll have to look at replies on Twitter as to whether people think you're worthy of veteranhood or not. But um the important thing is you're more qualified than me to talk about running FC because you're paid to do it. So um, it'll be great to get your thoughts on all of the midweek action um, from that great point we've just had against Bournemouth at the time of recording. And we'll very briefly gloss over the absolute pasting we got at the hands of um, Nottingham Forest on the weekend, um, because that feels like a distant memory now, kind of, Uh, not that we concede four goals every three games or so. Uh, and then, finally, the reason you're all here, we're going to move on to talking about the Blackburn game at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, still not used to that, um, at the weekend, and uh, we'll assess our chances of getting a much-needed result. But before we start, um, I have been instructed by my overlords um, to plug, and I, and I want to do it too, because it's a fun new thing in Reading. Get on down to blue-collar, co- blue street food blue collar corner on hosier street uh, they've just set up a new fantastic permanent arena an arena of food it sounds quite violent um and it's open from 11am till 11pm on weekdays and weekends which means you can go for a pre-match snack at the midday uh, before you get down to the former mideski um please go it's brilliant they've got fantastic street food vendors um, they're friends of the podcast uh they brew their own beer now in conjunction with somebody, um, so plenty of reasons to go. Get on down. Um, but now to a topic that I know more about. As much as I love my food and beer, uh, Reading, we've had a topsy turvy week, Jonathan. Um, we started with an absolute battering against Forest, and everyone was, um, everyone I spoke to on the Forest side was saying, "No, you, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna." concede you know four or five against us and that's exactly what what we did i mean how how did you feel immediately after that
2: uh not good um it was just a sense of deja vu wasn't it given that what happened at blackpool um previous uh fortnight beforehand um yeah it wasn't pretty was it uh, i mean obviously set the set the tone very early on with the with the early goal conceded after I've seen various reports from between 17 and 22 seconds not sure exactly what it was but uh um whatever it was it was uh it wasn't pleasant um uh but to be fair you know that they, they stuck at it in the first half and and arguably perhaps were, were the better side um but that doesn't really mean very much when you when you don't um make, make the most of your your possession and um you know your you're, you, you, you sort of lack the creativity and the nous to to break a side down, and um, um, obviously we all saw what happened in the second half—the the capitulation. Um, there's no other word for it, really. Um, unfortunately, it's I say something that we've seen far too often this season. They just can't. Uh, after conceding the second goal, they they're just shot to pieces. Uh, you know, we all know, know about the sort of weak mentality among the play, players, unfortunately. And um, you know, even though Ince chucks on um check checks on Jalden's mate started, yeah. um, you know, in the vague hope that uh, Reading will stage a, a late fight back, but um it was all in vain. It, it was never gonna happen.
0: And like you say, in many ways, a completely familiar story. You know, we um we've this this whole thing of just this mental brittleness is something we've been having to contend with all season because, you know, we go behind in a game more often than not and then rather than scrapping our way back into it and maybe salvaging a point or better, um, often it's the reverse, isn't it? And um, after, after recovering a little in that first half and conceding such an early goal after 17 seconds, like you say, it's like game plan straight out the window, it was the second half where they just rolled over. And um, it... You know, a, a loss to Forest who have been in spectacular form. They've only lost like four times in the last thirty games or something silly like that. Ever since Steve Cooper's come in, they've been tremendous. And, you know, probably at this point would be disappointed if they missed out on the playoffs. But still, losing one nil to Forest and then losing four nil and barely having an attempt is is just another story, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's just a sort of a, the really um the, the... Just the, I mean, yeah, you know, the disappointing nature of it. Um, yeah, they, they were just sort of pulled apart. And I mean, I, I mean, obviously Forest were were good and, and are good, but you know, I wasn't greatly impressed by them. Um, but obviously, you know, they they did more than enough to dispatch what was a, a pretty poor um, betting side overall. Because um, you know, for all of their um, yeah, uh, you know, in the first half, performance was pretty decent after the early goal. Um, you know they couldn't do anything in in either box, so it's all right between the yeah. between the two boxes. But um, if you can't uh, if you're not clinical enough in, in either, then um, you're always going to be struggling.
0: And uh, it did also highlight just how much we've been relying on quality-wise on the likes of Swift and Zhao. Both who were absent for Forest. Um, both struck down by the dreaded coronavirus. Uh, and also Tom Holmes, I believe, might have missed that game through illness. this. Um, fortunately, um, we uh, had a bit of an uptick then a couple of days ago with a, a miraculous point against Bournemouth. Miraculous on the face of it coming in because we thought, gosh, Bournemouth, second in the league, favourites for automatic promotion with Fulham. Um, surely we're not going to get a point here. And then, believe it or not, in the end, Jonathan, we were, we were value for it, weren't we? Yeah, I very much so. I think that was a very deserved point in the end. Um,
2: I did think after about sort of fifteen twenty minutes that it was going to be here we go again, and then it it did had have, have the sort of signs of, a, of another four um, nil. I thought Bournemouth started really well and really really nice goal for for Solanke's goal. Um, but you know, fair fair play to to Reading, they, they stuck at it. Um, kept Bournemouth at bay uh no pun intended for for, for large parts <laughs> and um you know really uh deserved that goal um it, it was gonna have to be something like that because they weren't really threatening from set pieces i know obviously it kind of came from from a corner but um you know it sort of crossed into the box they we weren't sort of getting onto the end of them The you know the, the shots were being blocked uh, headers likewise um so it was always gonna be something special and um you know Thankfully, Paul uh, Paul Ince comments. Um, you know, he's cracked one in from from about twenty yards, and, and it was a great strike and and thoroughly deserved. Um, you know, arguably that they were probably the, the better side on the night, and and, and maybe should have won it. So, um, you know, it's just that frustrating, isn't it? When when Rod Reading when Reading are on form, um, you know, they can more than match it with the best sides in the division. Um, it's just probably against sort of the, the sides around them in the mid-table that they struggle to get up for the game for for whatever reason, mm. and um, yeah, that's why they're, they they that's why they are where they are in the table, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you, you're just spot on because I've met, seem to have mentioned it about five times this week. But with the championship being as nuts a league as it is, I mean, we got points at Fulham away and now Bournemouth away, and then I was looking back through. Bournemouth's previous fixtures as well in preparation for the pod. And the last time they dropped points before Tuesday against Reading was in a one-all draw against Peterborough. So it just goes to show, I mean, the, the best in the league can drop points against the likes of, well, us and our um, our fellow strugglers, Peterborough, Barnsley and, and Derby. And um, and yes, I mean, maybe that ought to give us some, some hope during the running. But just very briefly to wrap up that performance against Bournemouth, um, it just that that Tom Ince hit. I mean, what an absolute rocket! I was watching some videos on Twitter of um of fans in in the stands and the limbs. I think the, the kids call it the limbs after the goal. Are just fa- fantastic, just an absolute barnstormer, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. I actually saw a video this morning. Actually, um, someone from the Bournemouth end was, was filming the uh sort of film the goal and then the reading fans and and yes like you say the the limbs that uh been absolutely crazy but um yeah well i mean it's it's the old adage you you don't shoot you don't score um i i feel like reading should uh try shooting a bit more um and uh, you never know what what it it might might come off it might be a goal might be a uh, might be a corner might be a handball. um who who knows so um yeah i mean he's saying afterwards he was he was desperate to score He's, he's really good Happy to get off the mark. Um, come in, for, obviously, for a bit of criticism in, in the past couple of weeks. Um, more, I think, for probably who he is, because I think he's actually done all right. He, he puts in a shift. Yeah. I mean, albeit his, his final ball into the box is not necessarily uh, always accurate, but um, he certainly he tracks back. He, he's eager to make an impression. And um, yeah, I think, I think that was a cracking strike, thoroughly deserved. It. And hopefully, we can see a few more in these final nine games of the season.
0: Yeah, I think my brother and I um, viscerally described it as a wallop because it was a wallop um, and just right into the roof of the net and I totally agree with you Reed Tom Ince, by the way I think um, when he came in uh, in the very brief period when his dad wasn't the manager I thought he was great I thought he added a, a little bit of quality a little bit of inspiration like you say end product might be lacking a little not that he showed it on Tuesday with that fantastic goal but uh, we'll get on to talking about um, Father Ince in just a second, because um, I, I want to talk to you a little about some of his post-match comments. Um, I haven't had a chance to speak to you since taking over on the pod about um, your interactions with Ince and the, the job um, that you think he's doing. So uh, we'll move on very briefly to in, in a second to speak about that. But very quickly as well, let's touch upon the return of Josh Laurent, because across both fixtures, obviously very different results, 4-0 loss against Forrest. Scrappy um, deserved one put one all draw against uh, Bournemouth. Josh Lawrence been back in the fold for both of those after a little injury layoff. I think he's been one of our better performances in both matches, Jonathan.
2: Yeah, um, I mean he's he played in the sort of the more advanced midfield role really, um, especially at Bournemouth. It was really high up, almost kind of partnering Lucas Shaw, which is a bit of a strange move. Certainly in the first half, I didn't think he he had uh, he had. Really have much of a great game um he carried a bit loose in possession and wasn't kind of positioning in always the right places but um second half, i thought he really stepped up his game and put in a strong um second half display and and you know when he i remember when he robbed um who was it lloyd, lloyd kelly on the edge of the box and and almost picked out zhao in the center and that, that could have worked well led to a goal so um i mean you'll you know what you're going to get with josh Lurin. He's he's a you know, energetic box-to-box midfielder. Um, you know, runs his socks into the ground, and and um, you know, he doesn't maybe have the finesse as someone like uh, you know in or Ajaria, but um, you know, he really does put a shift in. He presses play as well, and um, you know, like we saw last season, him and Laurent, uh, sorry, him and Laurent, him and Rinomata, <laughs> um were that great sort of pivot midfielder, and sort of gave the platform for the um attacking players to to perform so um yeah i mean it's, it's probably no coincidence that um you know certainly that first half at forest and the bournemouth game um they're pretty decent team displays overall uh, and laurent was part of it so um yeah i mean I, I i like him as a player and and hopefully he can now um kick on and, and give um give reading that kind of presence and, and physicality in the midfield which um, they need. Um, because, uh, you know, too often they kind of run over, aren't they, the, the team generally. Um, you know, they're not tough enough to play against, but he's one of those players who who will, you know, go shoulder to shoulder in those 50-50s, put in a few crunching tackles, um, yell at a few players. Um, and that, that's that's what you need, isn't it, in, in a relegation fight?
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I love, I love him as a player. Um, he's He might have been a little... Um... Little missing earlier in the season, but hopefully a, a role to play as we approach the running now because we're down to the last nine, ten games, and also one of those players that seems to have a real good relationship with the fans as well. And um hopefully, you know, the, the stronger that connection is, it can only be a good thing. So, um, talking of of the running, our next opponents Blackburn uh, on the weekend at home. They are, I mean, the, the fixture list is not letting up at the moment because we've gone from playing. One uh, one team this week who's hoping for automatic. One team who's hoping for the playoffs, and then we've got another playoffs contender in Blackburn. Um, my housemate's been tipping them for promotion for a couple of years now, and it didn't quite happen from last year at all. But this year they've been they've been picking up points. They're currently fourth in the league. Uh, it did us a massive favor on Tuesday by beating Derby. Um, so thank you, Blackburn. <laughs> um, let's. What, what do you make of them? Jonathan because they're in patchy form at the moment they've they've lost three of their last six
2: yeah um I I find Blackburn are a team who are you know on their day they're they're exceptionally good and you know one of the best in the division but can also have some very ordinary days so it kind of depends which um which Blackburn turn up really um obviously the past I'm not sure what it is essentially last season you know they had a strong start they, and they tailed off and Perhaps they might be doing the same um, this season. So I mean, they've certainly got the players. Who we were talking before this pod, weren't we, about um, Ben Brereton Diaz, the Chilean mm. superstar. Um, you know, you got Sam Gallagher, Jay Rothwell, Tyrese Dolan. They've got some some very technically really good players uh, for this level. It's whether they can um, sustain it to, throughout the campaign and um, you know finish as high as possible. I mean, it looks like at the moment that they might uh, get a playoff spot, or, or you know quite strong possibility that they will do um, so uh, you know how much they'll have an eye on, on sort of the end goal um, and also the, the final you know nine or ten games whatever they've got um, it'll be interesting to see but um, I think it would be a tough one for for Reading this weekend but I, I've got a sneaky feeling that they, that they um, uh, yeah I've got a sneaky feeling for Reading I it might, uh, might do well
0: yeah, you mentioned Ben Brereton-Diaz. Massive miss for them, out injured at the moment. 20 goals this season. 20 goals! If you were to nominate, if, if I were to nominate, rather, my favourite reading Championship player, I just love the romance of the story of Ben Brereton, now Ben Brereton Diaz. You know, for him to to go from basically being like one of the most championshipy championship players to being this Chilean international darling, he's on all like the Pepsi adverts over there. It's fantastic, yeah. and you get like these stories on Twitter of him like video calling into like Chilean children's classrooms to say hello. It's very uplifting. I'm also very pleased that he's not going to be playing against us on the weekend. Um, I think so. Um, so so yeah, but um, they have got plenty of other. Danger Man as well. Um Dolan up front midweek managed to score against the Rams. Um he concerns me a little. Uh, are there any other Blackburn players who've stood out to you in the past that we should be wary of, Jonathan?
2: Uh I think Sam Gallagher's a bit of a um I don't want to call him a lump, but you know, he's one of those sort of big physical strikers who, who, <laughs> who gets goals and uh, can be a real handful. Um but hopefully. You know for, for for people like morrison and dan that they, they should be their, their food and drink so um he's a threat um uh and there's a few others to say that we, we mentioned rothwell and um uh and dolan and uh yeah they've got a few players online from brighton as well the van hecker the center back he's he's, he's pretty solid and he's had a good season so um you know they're obviously a very very strong side um could, could potentially can cause a lot of got threats for for reading um but like you said they're in they're in patchy form they have only one i think two of the last was it eight or nine eight or nine games so yeah um you know perhaps the 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 um eyes are a bit off the boil at the moment um like reading it's their third game in a week so who knows how the how the sort of the, the traveling and the, and the workload will take their toll um
0: yeah we just have to
2: hope that um you know reading can can finish off uh, strongly before the international break
0: and you're you're right because three games this week is at all you know very thick and fast. And also, you could argue this one's the most important of the lot because you know, yes, the point against Bournemouth was very welcome and also quite unexpected. But the reality is, we went into that game with a four point lead on um, on Barnsley beneath us, and after the game concluded, that was down to to two points. So. Could have been worse. If we'd lost, it would have been only one. But it just really does reiterate the importance of needing to pick up points at this point. When I'm following the Reading game on the weekends and and midweek, I'm almost paying as much attention to our opponents' scores now. Um, The likes of Peterborough, who were ahead very briefly against QPR last night, I think they're probably gone. But the likes of Barnsley and Derby breathing down our necks means that three points against Blackburn would just be... A Massive, massive relief. Do you think that's likely, Jonathan? What are your pred- predictions in terms of uh score lines?
2: Um,
0: I wouldn't say it's likely, but I, yeah, so I've, I've
2: got a, a feeling that uh, that Reading might might sneak a I don't know, two, 2 1 win. Um, obviously, you know, um, may take up was it 15 minutes in a week, so he should be you know relatively fresh. Uh Zhao's obviously still coming back from COVID, but you know, there's, there's obviously options in attack. Um, you know, Ints Jr. will be on um in the uh, you know in, in confident mood. So um and, and you know, they've only got a few players out injured now, they can't really blame injuries on anything. So it'll all be whether they can just sort of as usual keep things tight at the back and and um you know, like Int says, stay in the game for as long as possible and See if they can sneak, sneak a goal for for um, you know whenever it is to um, but as long as it's one goal more than Blackburn.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm actually you'll you'll have to you'll have to hold me to this because I'm never in as much of a positive mood as that. But I think it just goes to show how, how uplifting that, that point against Bournemouth was. Yeah. I'm going to predict a win too, which probably means now that we both predicted a win, we're going to get tonked, aren't we? But I reckon um, I reckon your two one shouts probably quite astute. I. I reckon that we probably are going to gonna get a goal against Blackburn. Their defence doesn't really concern me, even though you mentioned Van Hacker. Um So, yeah, let, fingers crossed. Eh? And um, going in, I, I really just wanted to finally get your thoughts on the new gaffer because he's fine. He's, he's not so new anymore and he is supposedly still, quote-unquote, interim, but realistically here till the end of the year. When you've seen him in press conferences after games, you have... Rub shoulders now with quite a few running managers, mainly because we sack them so frequently. But also, you've been doing the job for for a long enough time. How does Ince's like, bedside manner, if you like, compare to running managers of the past? Are you impressed with how he comes across in press conferences? He's he's prone to a, a comment that riles the fans, either either calling the players "they" instead of "we," or saying, "Oh, we should do away with this tippy-tappy nonsense," as he as he said after comparing us to Barcelona. Um so yeah, I I guess what's what's your measure of in senior? What do you make of him, Jonathan?
2: Um I think certainly kind of uh he sees, he's, he says things how how it is. Um he's not afraid to, to speak his mind. Um obviously he's had a few, I don't know what if you want to call it clangers or whatever regarding sort of the, the they and the we although uh, he got picked up by by some fans after the um, after forest wasn't it um whether that's sort of some naivety whether that's having worked as a pundit the last few years and just constantly referring to players as they uh, i'm not too sure um i mean he's yeah, certainly from from what i've heard he's he's kind of made a good impression on 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 players so far um but clearly it's it's all about the results so um you yeah, know that that Bournemouth point is really kind of you yeah, know but giving him a little bit of time and, and it with, with the with the fan base. But um certainly as a, you know as a manager on the sidelines, he's not quite as um specific, specific as some managers that I've seen. Um he's relatively hard mannered uh su- perhaps surprisingly so um he, from what I've seen of him uh, when I saw him at uh, Forest and Bournemouth he sort of sits on the well, you know, he, sit, he stands on on the sideline um arms folded and just kind of watches on and and has a few sort of sweary rants every now and then yeah. <laughs> um, old, yeah no i mean he's you know he's uh he's got a clear passion for the game um he enjoys i think he's seemingly enjoying this this challenge um you know whether he's he's got the the capacity to to haul Redding clear and to survival remains to be seen. But um I think these sort of the early signs are, are promising. I think you know he, he's getting um I think he's getting his message across. I think it's 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 obviously you know it's impossible to just change players mentality uh overnight. Um it's impossible to kind of just get get um whoever it is firing on all cylinders overnight as well. So um it was always going to take some time. Um, it's been given some time now. Um, you know, it's it's you know, everyone's got their own opinion of whether reading are slowly uh, progressing and moving in the in the right direction or not. Um but but with Ince, um, you know, it's I think the, the signs are slightly encouraging, but I wouldn't say overly encouraging. Um mm. I mean it, you know, it it obviously it depends on results. Um I had to had Reading lost at Bournemouth, um, probably have a you know different opinion. Um, so,
0: so yeah, does that answer your question? I think it's kind of a bit. A bit I think I think so. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Spot a bit. I think yeah. you've, you've covered all the main points. He, he, I was also surprised by just how seemingly down to earth and normal and mild, like you say, he is. I saw um, a very good interview with uh, Lintz and Henry Winter in the Times, where he went into his family life a bit. But clearly, a big family man. Similarities to yeah. Pavlović in that regard, I I imagine, and um, and then an interview with uh, Lucas Zhao after with uh, Sky Sports after collecting his Player of the Month award, uh, where and I thought this was revealing. Lucas Zhao described Paul Paulin as an interesting coach, <laughs> and I don't know whether that's a lost in translation thing or not. But I was like, cool, go on, go on, Lucas. Like, way to way to give a glowing endorsement. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully, Paul and Tom Ince and the gang—and by the gang, I mean the Reading players—can uh, inspire us to a, a much-needed result against uh, Blackburn at the weekend. We'll just have to see. And obviously, on Elm Park Royals, we'll have all the fallout from that game after the final whistle uh, on the nineteenth. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Jonathan. It's been a bit of a long one. You've—you've—it you've, feels like you've run a marathon um, with me. So thank you very much.
2: No problem. I'll uh, I'll
0: um, look forward to the next one. We'll do, and we'll have you on again very soon after the break because I am going to have a break. It gives me a chance to make a coffee, run around the garden, call my mum, uh, and then we're gonna be on with some lovely lads from Rovers Chat Podcast. Um, that's the Blackburn fans who are going to give us their assessment of the Royals ahead of our weekend game. See you in a bit. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. welcome back to the elm park royals preview podcast we've just got to the bit that you're all here for no offense to jonathan lowe from from berkshire live it was great speaking to him but real meat and potatoes time i've got dan here from rovers chat and i'm reliably informed that you're a blackburn rovers fan, dan
1: <laughs> yeah just for my sins yeah thanks for having us yeah. so uh, i'm looking forward Mate. to
0: the set and it'll be good to discuss it Oh, honestly, you're doing way better than we are, mate. I mean, last time we encountered each other back in October, months ago at this point, we were fairly similar, like mid-table mediocrity. I think you were 13th, we were 14th. Only gone in separate directions since then. So thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Uh, Everyone, before you even listen to what he's got to say, go on to Twitter right now. Stop what you're doing. Follow Rovers Chat. They're a great bunch of lads. They've won awards. I've seen you won silver for something, so well yeah, in.
1: Yeah, Football Content Awards.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, let's see, look, see, you're better than us off the pitch in podcast land, and you're better than us on the pitch as well. So uh, let's get down to the real nitty-gritty uh, Rovers. You're doing all right, aren't you? I mean, what's the mood like in the camp? Because obviously you're, you're fourth in the table and on the face of it doing pretty well but then I take a look at your form as I do going into podcasts I like to see how how you're doing on paper and two wins in 10 that's which is a little worrying I guess but playoffs has still got to be the goal right I mean are you still on for that
1: yeah I think we are yeah like you say two wins in 10 and we'd scored three goals in the process and you know we have a, a typical fashion of falling after February Ever since Mowbray took over, really, we've had a really bad February and March and that's killed us. But, you know, with the way the Championship is, it's fair where we've only scored three goals and we're still in there. And then we played Derby on Tuesday night, just gone, and, you know, we put three past them, so we doubled the goals tally for this year. And, you know, it's been a it's been a good season and I think we're all tipped to be 19th or 20th at the start of the season. From myself, from every his fan, I don't think anyone put us higher than 12. It's been a whirlwind season, really, and, you know, with eight games to go, we're right in the mix. And if we end up there, then you know what the playoffs are like. You've been through them yourselves, but it's just nice to be in this position where these games mean something coming into April.
0: Yeah, I mean, because past the year, around the similar sort of time that you guys struggle in February, our January, man, was a write-off. We we lost so, so. Fulham put seven passes, and the game before that, we went out the cup to bloody Kidderminster Harriers. How about that? And Pavalovich was still in the job for a little while after that. But we'll get on to talking about his replacement in a little while, Paul Ince, because you've got experience of him too. Although it was 14 years ago at this point. Bloody hell! Uh, so yeah, you mentioned your midweek fixture against Derby got the three points there in the end, put three past the Rams. Thank you for doing us a favour, by the way, because I was worried about Derby sneaking up on us. Um, yeah, so be, yeah. let's talk quickly. Yeah, no, honestly, thank you. So, well, I was saying to to uh, Jonathan earlier on the first part of the pod, every time that Reading play a game now, it's as much about looking to see how, how Derby and Peterborough and Barnsley are doing too, because it's a real scrap down at the bottom. So thanks for getting that win by all means. But... Just to talk briefly about the goal scorers, funnily enough, uh, Dolan and Sam Gallagher, um, who scored midweek, they also scored against us at, uh, at home as well. So, I mean, are they in form? Are they, are they getting the goals? Uh, not really. I think Sam Gallagher is
1: quite a hot topic between Rovers fans. Uh, the year we went down to League One, we had him on one in that relegation season and he must have been, I think he was 20 at the time, he hit 12 goals, which you know that's good in a relegation side and they wanted him back for a while and we ended up paying five million for him which is well, wow. you know the rovers ever since the bank took over it's not much we spent seven million on brereton DLS the year before and then five million on gallagher and although he's not hit them heights he kind of i think he gets goals across the season and they add up but you don't realize it as such at the time and he's had to step in with brereton being out injured and he'll miss this game brereton so he's had to step up up front and know, although he doesn't score as many, I think he's a work off the ball kind of goes under the radar really. You know, he's, mm. he just constantly run, he'll run until the last minute and Dolan's not really been in the side again. He's, you know, he's been on the sidelines this season for a bit more and he's one that the fans love him. I think he just gets play, he gets the fans off the feet, you know, he's, such a tricky player, and although decision making isn't always there, he's still twenty year old, and you know he's got ten years of his best football ahead of him. So, real talent. He's he'll be in the side, sadly. I think he'll start. So will Gallagher, but the but two who haven't really played, to be fair, that much. Even though he's again, they scored in the reverse fixture.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, the, you always seem to get those players that. I mean, like it helps if if it can get the fans off the feet. But if he's in and out of the side, it means he's just got a little bit more, I guess, time with the fans and also time on his side with him being so young. So, but you mentioned, of course, the big elephant in the room is Ben Brereton Diaz, um, the Chilean legend Ben Brereton Diaz. We were saying earlier we're, we're very uh, jealous of this, like just folklore hero, I, I guess, in in your part. But uh, a big miss because he's, to date he's got 20 goals this season, I believe. And uh, I was going to ask you um, whether he was going to be back for this game or not, but is the word on the grapevine that he's still going to be out? Because in which case, that's extremely relieving for Reading fans.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a strange one. So he's been out for a bit. Uh, He went off with an injury at West Brom on, I think it was Valentine's Day. And he went off there and we were a bit worried and, you know, they said he might be back, but He's just been named in the Chile squad. They've got two massive qualifiers coming up in the international break that will decide the World Cup. So he's off to go and play with them. And obviously we're not playing with us for a month. It's a bit of a touchy subject between Rovers and Chile. And I think he'll miss this. I think even if he's in squad, he'll be on the bench and he'll only get 10 minutes. So you don't need to worry about him. But it's such a hot topic. You know, Chile want him to play. We don't want him to play for them but. You can't turn down a player playing for a country to save the World Cup, really. They've got two massive games coming up and
0: if he's 50% fit, he'll play for them. Yeah, we've had our fair share as well, running fans, with with players getting called up internationally and being declared unfit domestically. Like We had this whole weird drama around Liam Moore, captain who has now since been sent out on loan to Stoke and we got Tom Ince on in return, um, he was apparently unfit to play for Reading, but quite happy to turn up for Jamaica. So it's it's like a really weird one. So we can totally empathise there, but equally quite glad that he's going to be out the side for the weekend because he's, he's such a danger. I mean, he's been up there in the goal scoring charts all year. Um, can you still fire yourself to promotion without him?
1: I think we can. I think what we found with Rovers this year is we only need a goal to win games at the moment. You know, if we go 1-0 up in a game, I think you back us to win it and you back us to win it with a clean sheet. And, you know, that's why we, we are where we are. You know, we haven't scored that many goals since probably November, really, December, especially it's turn of year, like I say. And I think we got eight points in January with two goals to a name and... You know, we if we score a goal, we win a game normally. So it's it's a task without him, but he'll come back for these seven games after the internationals and hopefully a few goals will you know keep us in the top six mix.
0: Yeah, I mean, plenty of other danger men for you guys. I mean, on on paper, really good side, couple of good loanies. Well, there's a centre back. We were talking about him earlier that you've you've got on loan. Dutchman, is that right? Yeah, Jan Paul
1: Van Heck, uh, he's just been a revelation, you know, he came come into the side and no one knew about him and it were a bit up in arms and then he gets sent off against Fulham in the 7-0 loss. Basically, karate kicks Harry Wilson in the head and, you know, Rovers fans don't want him to play for the club again, almost, and then oh. he, come, he come into a backfire formation and, you know, he's a Premier League centre-back in waiting in our eyes. He's just been called up to the Dutch Under-21 squad you know he's mixing it with some of the better players there, and it's he's. It's hard to explain. He doesn't look like he's going to win the ball, and then he steps into the challenge, and he's got us up the pitch. You know he's been, the other day you're in the box three or four times on a counter attack from centre back, and it's. He's this six foot five, not really pacey centre back. It's just, I can't explain how good he is, and until you watch him, <laughs> sadly, the way he plays the ball around is, incredible and bright and i've got you know i think Brighton look at him and see next season he'll be in the prem and as much as i love him back it's never happened
0: yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on, not just for Reading fans, but also um, just as a little side personal tidbit. I'm half Dutch, my dad's from the Netherlands, so I'll oh. have to keep an eye on him myself, because I'll tell you what, it's tough to get in that Dutch defence at the moment with the likes of yeah. Van Dijk, uh, De Frey, DeLict, Ligt, uh, Blint, but I mean, definitely one for the future, so thank you for the tip-off. Um, but, you know, I hope, he, I hope he does well in his career, but just not on the weekend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about Tony Mowbray in the management because you mentioned that coming that um Van Hack's come into a five back formation. Tony Mowbray's been there for a little while now. I think you, we're talking 2017 he stepped into the role. How do you rate the job he's doing at Rovers? Are you do, do you think that he's got you to where you you want to be at the at this rate of progression that that you you want to be doing it and how's the football to watch because you seem to be just having a a better time of it than us who can't seem to keep a manager for more than a year and a half at the going rate yeah
1: it's quite a long one this i'll try and sum it up so <laughs> the club, there are, i think everyone knows about our owner issues the seven years before that they were in charge and yeah. he came in at i think everyone were underwhelmed by the appointment we'd all seen he'd failed at celtic you know getting a thing third in scotland that celtic arranges is we all know that's a bad job and You know, he come in and I think the thing was, even though we got relegated that season, I think we lost at Reading as well in his little run before we went down. And he brought the togetherness back. You know, the fans were... It's almost a situation like Reading are in now. You know, we didn't like the owners. The fans felt a bit disconnected. I saw a few of the protests at one of the games and fans on the pitch. And, you know, we are in this situation and he kind of turned it around and we went down and we come back up the first time which I think people underestimated what a job that is you know Chef United Ipswich Portsmouth are all struggling to get back out or they had been struggling and he just built a squad that isn't full of eagles we've had a lot of issues with before Mowbray, a lot of old players coming in like Danny Murphy coming in at the end of his career we don't have them now we have mm. you know young players hungry point to prove and since coming up in 2018 we've had I think we finished fifteenth, fourteenth, and another fourteenth or something. We've been around that bit, and this year has just gone up another level. He's, last year we were trying to play a passing game, and we didn't have the players for it, and you know it was costing us. And now this year we're a very counter-attacking side. We'll we'll let you have the ball. We don't care about not having the ball anymore. This year we've had probably lisp less, less possession in all but two of the games and we just let you attack, get the ball, hit you on the counter, win a game 1-0, and the amount of games we've come out of and opposition fans are saying, you know, that we shouldn't have won, but Mm. we're scraping the points this year, and if he doesn't get us in the playoffs, I do think it'll be his time up here, his contract up, and, you know, there's been talk about him leaving, but I think every Rovers fan will remember him for, he almost brought the club back, you know, we're at a point where, 2017 we'd appointed an ex manager and you're never going to win anyone over with that and suddenly more break comes in and we're looking set for the Premier League almost which is I want to say that to you five years ago so just I can't put into words just how good he's been for Rover. and yeah. you know hopefully the same happens for Reading with another manager coming in and sparking you back into life
0: yeah I mean you just Honestly, mate, at this point in time, we just want anyone to be given the time. But stuff was so bad in the latter few weeks under under Poundovich, latter few months under Poundovich. Really, the drop off was so significant from the season before. But his replacement, (laughs) let's talk about his replacement because you know we mentioned. Here we go. Get yourself ready. So we talked about Tony Mowbray, Blackburn manager, and the way that you know he's. It might wobbly start, but has got you to you know fourth in the league now. Let's talk about Paul Ince because Paul Ince is no stranger to Blackburn fans because obviously he had a a little stint in two thousand and eight in the Premier League, what can only be described as an absolute disaster, right? I mean, let's talk us through what happened there. Well,
1: this is my early days of watching Rovers, but I just remember it being awful, and you know we had it at. I think he had 17 games in charge of the club and six months or so and he's just (laughs) Rovers fans despise him and if you'd mention his name to a Rovers fan you'll hear it, I mean Tom Hintz has had abuse off Rovers fans for the last 10 years whenever we've played them, songs about his dad have been sung and Mm -hmm. just (laughs) I can't put into words the job he did here every Rovers fan we have a lot of disagreements between herself as a fan base, but Paul Ince will never...
0: No-one will ever say a good word about him at Blackburn, never (laughs) when you speak to us. There you go. There's some things that just unite every single fan, isn't there? And um, it's nice to know that that Paul Ince is so universally reviled up in in your northern neck of the woods. Um, Briefly, on Tom Ince, by the way, because when he came in, I was also a little like, oh, my God, because that was before... Paul did come in as manager, his dad, and that's a really weird dynamic. Now, obviously it's the third club where they've both been at the same place. And I'll tell you what, mate, he scored an absolute howitzer of a goal midweek to get a point against Bournemouth. And um, yeah, honestly, if you haven't seen it, dig it out because um it, it needs to be seen to be believed nearly took the root off. Uh, the root off? The roof off. Um Paul Lintz, um just what do you when he rocked up at Reading, what what did you think? I
1: think it was shot from us all well. like you said before just out of nowhere really isn't it it's what we're eight years without a job in management and you know all these names go around when a manager comes up you know all the classic championship managers you know Mick mccarthy and everyone comes around and that's what i expected i expected a <laughs> just a typical championship manager and then you see this guy's name broke up and it's it was sharp more than anything It was, i think i said when you come in that I think you'll go down now. And that's purely because of Paul Lynx yeah. being in charge. It's it just baffled everyone. I think you'll listen to it on Twitter with all Blackpool fans <laughs> and Rovers fans and everyone else is managed.
0: Yeah, we're just praying and praying and praying that some some miracle happens because brought in as an interim appointment, we were I think the even the most um negative around fans were kind of hoping for a a uh, more conventional manager to be appointed by now, but we have got what we've got. And, you know, but by some miracle, we might end up, well, I I don't think we're going to beat you a lot on the weekend, but miracles happen. Um, you know what, whilst we're at it score predictions, because I was, um, very out of character earlier in the first half of the podcast and actually predicted a reading win on Saturday. And, um, and the more and more time passes since I said that we're going to beat you 2-1, the more and more I'm sort of questioning it. So what are your thoughts? Because obviously we've mentioned the form, two wins in 10, but you've had a few draws in that time. You should be beating the likes of your readings, right? What do you think?
1: Yeah, it is that, isn't it? Without sounding too confident. And then them defeats that we mentioned, you know, we just missed a big chance in them. We've created chances every game. We haven't played a game where we've not had the chances to win it. Uh I think we'll win. I think we'll go down, and I can see it being scrappy. But there's something about these games. I've, whenever I've gone red, I've been down to Reading four or five times, and I always go down expecting to lose. It feels like one of them places we don't <laughs> get beat at just every year. But you know, this side's got something different, and when players are in comfort, in good form, and Bradley Dax just come back into the side, which. I don't think it's been picked up everywhere that he's back and I think we'll win it 2-1. I do think it'll be scrappy and you might even take the lead, you know, you might, someone might, you've got a few former Rovers, Scott Dan and Lucas Joe, I don't know if they fit to play, but you know, that's two former Rovers and we always concede to a former rover. so I'll go for 2-1, I think we'll win it, but I don't think it'll be as wide apart as maybe the table suggests, especially after a good point on Saturday.
0: You've, you we've both gone for the reverse two ones, then, which is quite fun. We'll just have to see who's right. I mean, you're spot on about we might well go ahead, but I'll tell you what, we can't hang on to leads to, to save our lives. If we were dog walkers, we'd be sacked instantly because no <laughs> leads can be oh, oh, just, just dreadful. I mean, even when we beat Preston recently. Three um, two, we went three 0 up, and then almost threw wow. it away to make it three. 0 so, sounds so, familiar. Like, you, yeah, honestly, <laughs> you've had your fair share, mate. Um, yeah. Just before you go, uh, on the subject of um, of previous Blackburn, um, well, well, let's let's ask you about previous Blackburn connections first of all, because uh, I can remember distinctly back in time we sold you the legend that is Hope Akpan. Uh, who, um, <laughs> 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 oh, mate. Hope Akban was signed in the Premier League to keep us up, and shock horror, that didn't happen. But, but yeah, I think we, so. You've you've got the Hoopacpan connection, uh, like you say, you had Lucas Shaw on loan around 2017, which is quite fun. So, um, we've we've swapped a few players in the past, right?
1: Yeah, we have Scott Dan as well. Yeah, he was he were with us when we got relegated, and then I think he had a year here. Uh, junior Highlight as well. We had him in the Prem. We yeah. were getting relegated, and he'll probably get booed on Saturday because he had a few <laughs> contract issues here. Oh, really? Uh, but yeah, he wouldn't sign one. I get why. We, you know, we're at that stage where you're a young player and clubs want you, and we're off into the championship. So mm. he's not the. Uh, most love there's been a few, hasn't there? has been. Did you have Danny Guthrie at one point as well?
0: Yeah. Danny That's Guthrie like... on the sub on the subject of problems with players, there was one time when Danny Guthrie refused to get on a coach to Sunderland because he just didn't fancy it in the Premier League. So uh yeah, he, fun his fun name fun, is he, yeah, he's pretty reviled in, in these parts. Nick Blackman, of course. Oh, yeah. Um as well. Right. Yeah, who I mean, where is he nowadays, Crikey? You had to um, so- as well. Yeah,
1: good old Yakubu. Um, I Yacouba. promised,
0: any Reading fans listening, I lost a bet once uh, on Twitter and I'm now legally legally obliged to call my firstborn son Yakubu, apparently. Uh, so, <laughs> um, right, I, I asked earlier on Twitter, it's a bit of a first for the Elm Park rolls preview podcast, I, I put up a tweet on the Twitterverse, the Twitter sphere, saying, do we have any questions for you lovely lot over at Rovers Chat? And we got one. Two, including Paul, who says basically, can you just not score against us this weekend? But we've got a more uh, a more interesting question here from John Hyde. Hello, John, saying, could you tell the difference between Bradley Dack and Ben brereton Diaz from a hundred meters?
1: Uh, that's a good one. Actually, we've not seen them much together, but so they might be the same person. But there you just go. About, not seen
0: them in the same room.
1: Just on the beard, I think that gets it.
0: I'm trying to channel my inner Bradley Dack at the moment too with the, with the <laughs> long hair. He's, he's my uh, he's my inspiration. Uh, so thank you to John. And also thank you to you, Dan, because it's been great having you on. Um, love getting the insight from the opposition fans. I wish you luck for the weekend, but not too much luck because, mate, we're scrapping for our lives down here. So, you know, you can do us a favour and just roll over on the weekend if that's all right.
1: No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. I, I do hope you stay up, you know, after... Looking at them three clubs at the bottom, I, I hope they're all gone. To be honest, come the end of the season, but, <laughs> yeah, good luck with it all. I think it's one of them, isn't it? When you've had your points deduction and all the off-field issues, it's one of them. we went down and it saved us, and you know it saved the club. And Sunderland look like they're in the same path. So you know, relegation hurts, but it was the best thing that happened to us. So maybe a club needs it to get back to what it was. We'll see, won't we?
0: Cheers, Dan. And on that uplifting note for Reading fans everywhere, I want to thank you guys at home for listening in your droves, in your thousands or even tens or dozens. And uh, we'll be back after the international break. But for now, this has been the Elm Park Royals Preview Podcast with Rovers Chat and Jonathan Lowe. Thanks for listening. Good night.